This podcast is brought to you by Cash App, the easiest way to send, spend, save, as well as invest. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances, with your people. Here's how Chris Black stays connected with his people. I love staying connected to my motherfucking people, Jason. And just last week uh, in New York City, I was at um, Hotspot Corner Bar at the Nine Orchard Hotel. Dying to get a res there. I know. It's tough. Let me know next time. And I was, you know, I was uh, I was trying to split the check with my homies. Awkward. Very awkward. Somehow, when the machine came around, someone paid twice, Jason. And they probably didn't even get cocktails. They Exactly. And it, it, for once in my life, it wasn't me. But what do you think we did to remedy the situation? Well, I mean, they have a bunch of apps that people use for splitting the bill and stuff like that. But we all know we can't really do that because it's uh, it's bad. So, I mean, hopefully you use Cash App for that. I told my friend who was hungover and already doing coke to bang my Cash App. And uh, he was able to uh, reimburse me for my double payment. So I was able I was able to take an Uber Black home. Whether you're sharing a perfect day in a Uber Black XL Lux with friends, sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, gifting, the number one finance app in the App Store is Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store, Google Play Store today, add your cash tag to the eighty million appers and counting. Oh, yeehaw, bitch. Uh, Country Chris checking in. Jason, how are you? City Boy TJ is doing just well. <laughs> I have all my creature comforts of uh, suburban life. Mm-hmm. You know, pour over coffee, uh-huh. smoothies, stuff like that. Of course, yeah. Resistance bands. No, all the stuff you need. And I know that we've been going to dinner at 6 p.m. for a while, but the uh, failing New York Times picked up on that today. So hopefully we don't have to kind of switch to 5 p.m. Wait, 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 wait. What happened? There's a New York Times story about how everyone's going to dinner early. Okay. Uh, at 6 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. And they wonder why the subscribers are going down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Post-Trump slump <laughs> is no joke. Uh, and then... <laughs> There's another story in in Bon Appetit, one of your favorite titles, about mm-hmm. you know the reservations headaches um, and how that's all going. And they used an image of uh, Jack's wife Frida in as the header, which made me laugh because people come to New York and wait in line for an hour to eat eggs, <laughs> which is and they're not even Australian eggs with the really the with the yolks that are different. I, I was gonna blame it on Australia because you know the orva is much bitter. They're just a little bit bitter. I can't explain it. Just be it up. Yeah, but so there's a lot of, uh, it bodes well for our guest say, because we do have a, a food world guest. Um, but yeah, I just, I wanted to get all that stuff off rip. That's, a, that's something actually that I, I'm glad you brought that up off rip. I was, I was looking at, um, friend of the show, Grub Street, where I famously had my, uh, <laughs> Grub Street diet. Yeah, famous to me and you. Famous to me and you. Yep, that's the right. People, the people of New York didn't love to hear what I was getting up to over here in, in suburban California, and rightfully so, but they, they posted a story, and I think it was my friend who works there who got, who I worked with on the thing. So it's not a slight to him, but mm-hmm. it was, it's basically a story about how there's a restaurant somewhere in New York. I don't remember where. But I think maybe it's like a dumpling place or something like that. But it had this notoriously super long line, and it was like, oh, you know, you can't go there. It's blown out. Yeah. And then there was a story in Grub Street about how the line had finally sort of gone down, and it was chill again. <laughs> so it was sort of like the sweet irony of like announcing that the restaurant is now yes. slow enough to visit again, which will obviously... Yes, Within a matter of 45 minutes, <laughs> yes, send it right yes, back exactly. to where it was, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, the responsibility of food media, you know, it's really pretty low on the totem pole of what we're, uh, all the problems we have going on. So yeah, I don't think it's ever going to get worked out. Once once we finally figure out that we don't need to go to space, then we should tackle food media <laughs> next, kind of as, <laughs> as the biggest problem. Actually, speaking of space, <laughs> I'll, I'll put a pin in that. You can finish your point. Well, I just think that, I just think the reality is, and I was, I was saying this on Twitter earlier, that Truly, no restaurant is worth the links that people are going to. Like, I, I and I know I'm saying that as a person who's not like a foodie. Unless there's a piece of pussy on the other end of that res. But I feel like you would agree with me. You're like, I'm. There's nothing worth or penis paying off a restaurant owner. There's a guy saying there's a restaurant owner and quoted saying he's getting trips on private jets and Rolexes for reservations. I'm like, what planet? <laughs> do you, I mean, maybe if you go, if you go every Friday night to the maybe. But I just don't understand, like, 
it's not that important. It's just not that good. Nothing is <laughs> worth that. It's just crazy. I would I would rather it's it's less work and less money to put yourself through culinary school and teach yourself how to make this food yourself. <laughs> That's a good idea. Than okay. it is to go, hey, I got my fortieth birthday over here at Mother Wolf. Let's uh let's drop twelve apps, five pizzas and the steak in forty five minutes and uh, send me the check instead of the Amaro cart, something like that. Yeah. Just go to culinary school and, and learn you know, and, and spend all that money on the people who are really working hard, the unsung heroes, the mongers, the the butchers. You know what I mean? I think we need to start a how long gone culinary school scholarship to stop people from going to restaurants. We, we will send one lucky creative director of a watch company to culinary <laughs> school every year. That's my promise. You have my vote. And it will be a community college. Obviously, we, we're not kind of ponying up for Ivy League or even state. Glendale schools. Community College. They are aware of it. They don't love our photo shoot that we did, <laughs> uh, uh, unsanctioned and un unpermitted. So we are a little bit of um, in the doghouse, which is fine. That's I'm not. I don't feel too bad for them. But I was. You, you were bringing up space exploration, and we were talking about that earlier in our group chat. I know there's a lot of, you know, talk about Elon Musk and the space race and Bezos and all that stuff. I was saying whenever one of these big brains finally gets gets the old uh, spaceship up and running uh-huh. and we can finally uh-huh. begin exploring <laughs> yep. our universe our solar system and we can begin to inhabit other planets like mars where mm. you know the life expectancy on planet earth the clock's ticking you know what i mean we're basically dead standing we're basically dead standing right now so yeah if it wasn't for the good uh the eco clean glass technology of gmc trucks their entire line of dodge trucks we'd be fucked but <laughs> i was saying once we finally get that going Let's make sure Demi Lovato's on that first plane to Mars. She's <laughs> she's had two. We let her cook for too long. I know this is a culinary episode today. We've let Demi cook for too long, bro, and it's time to put her to bed. Demi's Demi's kitchen's about to be condemned if if the if the city goes in there because I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's just always something new. You know, there's always something new, and it's always bad. It's like. I can't figure out what my pronouns are. I'm canceling my tour because I'm so stressed out. I'm now punk. Mm-hmm. It's just all insane. But I do. I like to report on it in the group chat because I feel like I'm really tapped into, uh, you know, hashtag Demi Lovato on all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I think that if if Bezos really wanted to win back the American people, he could kind of <laughs> he could sit out the first flight, send Demi on it, and just be like, "You stay up here, check it out for a while, see how what you know." <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a, a King's food tester situation. She, she won't get the full kind of two decades worth of NASA training. It'll be a crash course. Yeah, it'll be know? like and it'll this, be like this, when, the yeah. movie writes itself. You know, Demi's gonna get into some hijinks. Sure, <laughs> it'll be like when Cho went skydiving. You know, they give you a couple hours. <laughs> you know, they give you a couple hours of instruction, and then you just strap in. You got to jump, and I think it's time for Demi to jump. <laughs> you know, because if I get if I get one more Avril Levine, Levine knockoff record or an update mm-hmm. on her uh, sexual choices. I, I'm gonna. I might have to close my laptop, which you know for me is big. For you to shut the machine down, only only someone as sinister as as Demi would would do that to you. <sighs> Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing that to to light. I mean, you know, she's a she's an easy person to pick on. I know that. Well, uh, but she's had she's made millions of dollars. She's had hit records. You know, all the all the juice has been extracted out of this grapefruit not an orange we're we're all set well i've said this before the unfortunate part about all of this it demi can sing better than most of these chicks demi has an insane singing voice yeah but she ain't playing the game like selena gomez is she, she ain't playing the game with selena she ain't palling around with fucking steve martin and that's the problem here selena can't sing her way out of a wet aritzia bag but she's she's out here getting M's. <laughs> she's getting nominated for emmys bro it's crazy and you know and then but ariana she can sing herself out of a dry aritzia bag maybe even a bottega one they're thicker than other ones uh-huh. and you know you know what ariana's doing just kicking back enjoying her talent and her life She's not tweeting about how like she's Latin today. <laughs> she's looking in the mirror to make sure her ponytail is high enough mm-hmm. while her real estate agent husband uh, takes pictures of her is probably what's happening. I think she she married a, a civilian, which is always a crazy move for someone that famous. I I'm gonna put a mm-hmm. I'll put a time limit on that. But that is but when you marry a civilian, you don't get invited to Benny Blanco's house anymore. So you know I'm sure her and Kashmir are having a tough time with that. 
little phone tag. That is that is unfortunate. Yeah, I was saying before we started recording, I'm lining up because of my um time in Atlanta, I'm lining up a lot of uh live music live music, you know, because going to shows in tertiary markets is so much easier, you know. It's it's nicer. The parking is only $25. Um <laughs> You know, the, the beers are only 15 instead of 20. Oh, that's nice. Okay. I'm going to guess it starts a little earlier, you know, since we have church every day here. You know, it's kind of like you got to get the curfew kind of kicks in. You can get yourself like a bag of hot nuts in the parking lot no instead problem. of a bacon wrapped hot dog. Exactly. And and the bootleg t-shirts are probably cheaper. But yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to decide. Sunday Real Estate's playing on, on, on Friday. Which I feel like oh, wow. watching those four fatties, you know. Is there is there another band that you that's that's fighting for that position? What else do you have on the calendar? That's well, there's just a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot coming. Do you up. have a challenge on that date, Chris? Because we got. I, I talked to Ben Gibbard. I'm going to go see Death Cab for Cutie. Rostam's hooking me up with Father John Misty, so I got to go see FJM with Sookie Waterhouse. And then there's oh, there's some other stuff because you're coming to town, and we're kind of lining something up that could be very special in the live performance. In, in the live performance realm, this could be the most special thing we ever do together. Have you secured the tickets? I haven't, but they're they're available. It's not a problem. This this podcast is reminding me. I, as soon as we finish recording, I will go cop the ticks. Okay. I mean it 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 doesn't seem it seems like it could potentially sell out. I just want to make sure that you secure i think all the tickets that we were looking at are are already i think they're they're you know resell oh got it okay, okay. i don't think but they're not that expensive. you're on the secondary expensive. i mean even even down in the south the secondary market is probably chill well for the person in question does Chiller. that really surprise you does that really surprise <laughs> you um all right we do have a, we do have a guest today um you're probably familiar with ghetto gastro uh it's the trio of chefs john gray les walker and pierre uh Cero. um they have a new cookbook ghetto gastro black power kitchen uh, that is in stores very i think uh october 18th so pretty soon but yeah we're gonna we're gonna tap in with john and figure out what's up with this spicy ass syrup mm-hmm. they made yeah i saw i saw a video on his instagram where he was pouring syrup all over a uh a, a, i believe it was a branzino i was like bro whoa that's that's fucked up you, what do you think do, does that make sense to you in your mind or is this going to be a confrontation it's it's not maple syrup it's i believe sorghum syrup so it's a different kind of sweetness but it's syrup nonetheless are you going to stand up for the monger community in this case and is this like an abuse allegation on the fish or is this more of just i mean you know <laughs> pouring syrup all over a piece of branzino I'm I'm very curious to try. I will say that yeah. I'm not I'm not knocking it. Obviously, these guys know what they're doing in terms of flavor. It and does sound insane. And I I mean, yeah, I want to get into how much money they're making because that's what I love to talk about. And I feel like these guys are really mm-hmm. are really printing it right now. And I that's always aspirational for me and something that I uh, really respect from other creators. And I love cookbooks. Let's give them a zoom. You're coming to us live and direct from uh, New York, New York. Varick Street, man. You hear that? You hear that Hudson Tunnel <laughs> traffic? You know what I'm saying? Oh damn. Okay, I, I like this. That's some of my favorite New York traffic, actually. So I'm glad you got to call that out. <laughs> we have a global listenership. They might not know what Varick Street is. Could you maybe <laughs> add a little more detail to where you're at in in the city, perhaps? So Varick Street is. South of South of Houston Street, right? Um, okay. I think I want to say this is the West Village, West Soho area. I'm at the publisher's office of our book, Artisan Publishing. Okay, so Ghetto Gastro is coming to you live from the West Village. <laughs> <laughs> okay, West, West Bed Stuy, West Village, same. You know, it's, it's the other of- Shaolin. Now, low key, Ghetto Gastro. The first events we did were in the West Village. I had an apartment here mm-hmm. on Washington Street in Leroy, so. It's all full circle. I liked it. Okay. So that was you do pop ups at at the apartment back, back in the days. Yeah, it was just it was just house parties, you know. This is mm-hmm. so. So you've been in the neighborhood for a while. I'm I'm also a downtown guy. I prefer it. Um, but do you do you make it to the outer boroughs these days? Oh, or I live you, in the Bronx. Are you staying? I live in the Bronx. Oh, you do live. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and bred in the Bronx. Um, I just I just was like a prodigal son for a minute, so I had to go see with the. What the city was saying, I had to see what Queens was saying, I had to see what Brooklyn was mm-hmm. saying, and then 
Sure, they all needed you, and you have returned back. Okay, I understand. You had to do a little uh, soul-searching yourself, and now you've kind of returned to the motherland. Exactly, exactly. Back to the Mecca. Very Capadonna-esque of you. I like that, John. <laughs> yeah, what's, what, what's going on in the Bronx now, though? Is it Have have white people ruined it, or, or we still have some time? We have some time, but but okay. but the developers has definitely been getting gentrified like in a, in a not-cool way in the South Bronx area, but the other parts still thriving and still very, mm-hmm. okay. you, you could go to the Bronx in, a, in the summer, go to Orchard Beach and have a salsa experience on a Sunday, you know, so it's very, it's very, it's very real. I wish I was ready for that kind of experience, but unfortunately I don't think I would be, I don't think I would fare too well with that, even though I have great rhythm. <laughs> the birds in the background say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> So, so John, you were you you mentioned you you mentioned South Bronx is being gentrified, not in a good not in a good way, in a bad way. What would be an example of a good version of gentrification to you, perhaps? Well, I don't know if there's necessarily a good version of gentrification. I will say this though: I, I had a lot of guilt. I call these gentrified snacks. Like I used to buy the kettle chips. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, you saw the kettle chips in the bodega. A little bougie shit. Times are changing. I bought the Justin's peanut butter cups. <laughs> that, that's like my gentrification um, porn. Those are good. Those are great examples. You like to cosplay as as like my rich aunt sometimes, <laughs> and get the good Justin's cups and all that stuff. It feels nice sometimes because the, the Reese's joints was a little oily and they stick to the roof of your mouth. So. I just had to, I just had to switch up the drip on those. But what I would say is, I think about revitalization of a neighborhood. It should definitely be in tandem with the community that resides in the neighborhood. So, cultural sensitivity, have collaboration, create jobs in a community, that type of vibe. Because because there's a way to do it right, basically. Yeah, and it's rarely you rare you see it rarely because of the capitalism, you know. So it's always about squeezing like building the cheapest you can getting the most out of a rental unit so a lot of times those those things aren't considered it's really just the bottom line so mm-hmm. conscious capitalism is rare and, until you run into like founders of patagonia like where he just gave away his company people mm-hmm. are really on his dick for that i tell you what there's nothing you can do <laughs> more the, i've never seen anybody get better press than this guy you got to give away billions of dollars to get good press these days. It's tough. <laughs> but you can put out a ghetto gastro cookbook or you can give away your whole company. It's your choice. Yeah. You know, what are you, what are you going to do? I'm going I'm to take the ghetto gastro cookbook, <laughs> a.k.a. the cookbook. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get to the book, John. Don't worry. We'll get to the book. By the way, I love the title. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. Have you have you heard of a, a hardcore band called Zulu? Nah, I'm not familiar with them. It's um the, well their their Instagram handle is Black Power Violence. Right. Give them a give them a look. Maybe you guys would have some synergy there. I'll check them out. I'll check them out. Check them out, John. Synergy. I'm I, sorry. My mind is just stuck. My mind is just. I can't get off the peanut butter cups. You got me. My my tummy is growling now for some. <laughs> cashew butter wrapped in chocolate now they got it with the puff quinoa on it man you get bro no not the crunchies they got the crunchies (laughs) (laughs) they got the crunch john has your has your knowledge of all these quinoa puffs (laughs) and all that stuff how has that helped you with the ladies over the years oh man it's funny i was at a comedy show the other day in brooklyn in prospect park Mm -hmm. and one of the she was a comedian and she said something about Nothing gets me more open than like someone just ordering for the table. <laughs> and a lot of the women that were around me just agreed. Really? So I guess being able to know my way around the menu is a good thing. That's good to know because Jason is is also, um, he considers himself to be a, a somewhat of an expert in the culinary arts, loves to order for the table. And he does it. He does it for me a lot, and I never let him hit. I just want to be clear, but that might not be true for other people. Yeah, I'm able to take control at the dinner table more so than in the bedroom. Unfortunately, every boss needs to be bossed, as they say, John. No, but I agree. I and I, I've always loved to order for the table. You want you on your Chuck Roll shit from billions? You and your Chuck Roll shit from billions? Yeah, I'm on my. Yeah, he's going to a little basement after work. You know, he couldn't get that conviction. He's uh, feeling low. <laughs> Not those Louboutins, the other ones. Now, now get to walking. Mm. No, but I, I love ordering for the table. 
But I also love, I mean, obviously it's like a control thing and you have to do it in a cool sly way and not like a, a creepy way or else you ain't going to, you ain't going to hit. But I also love to control who is going to be at the table as well. I like to put together a group of people for a dinner party, mm-hmm. you know, because all it takes is one person to fuck up the whole night, you know? The dining table feng shui is important, man. Important, Especially if you're <laughs> still in an impressionary stage. I feel like it's a sin to have a dinner with more than six people out. I'm with it. Maybe in the home it works. No. But once people start like, yo, can I get a table for eight? Like, nah, it's quiet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not only does it get weird when the bill comes out, but it's also just too much. Like, if you watch Kirby Enthusiasm, a lot of people don't know how to middle. It's true. It's true. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you don't have a good middle, it just gets gets funky. Yo, my girl's family... makes me middle every dinner now it's just like that's just what i do because i have to be able to roast the mom (laughs) because they they're they're not able to roast the mom and only i'm able to do it so they're like all right you sit in the middle when she she starts talking sideways you say some shit and then the cousin over here he's gonna it's it's a whole thing man. it's a gift gift. i agree with you though i think i've always said you know dinner i would say even four if i'm being honest like it's too much for me four is too much (laughs) Four, four as long as it's all, yeah, yeah. If it's just like four of the boys, four of the girls, four of the non-binaries all together, <laughs> you can you can oh, talk freely. You don't have to you know you have exactly. to worry about what you're saying. Like oh, does I find though I find now I I've gotten over this as I've gotten a little older, thank God. But there was a period where that check confusion would come up, and I would just pay because I felt so. I hated it so much that I would just pay. Yo, I was so awkward, especially if you know the restaurant owner and mm-hmm. shit, and they like you got the th- you like fuck <laughs> it, I'll just pick it up. Then I got it, like, hold up, nah, this is a plot. This is part of their plan. I just go to the bathroom when the bill comes. John and I might be in the same, but we're the most successful people in our like immediate friend group. John, you and I, so mm-hmm. I think if people look to us to do that, whether we want to or not. But I've gotten over it as I've gotten older because, but now. This the, the splitting technology and like the conversation around it has become deafening and it's turned everyone into fucking nerds <laughs> who are like worried about a dollar and I can't stand it. It's crazy. It's like fractional. But, you know, the way inflation is working and the economy, I, I get it. So, you know, if you got to split the bill, much, much respect and much love. And prayers. prayers up. Prayers, prayers. up to you. No, I was, I was talking to my mom because I'm in Atlanta for, and I was talking about the, you know, my parents last night. The gas prices here are just amazing compared to L.A., you know, and I, I don't I don't really think about inflation because I'm just like a guy with with, you know, only bills I cause myself. You know, I don't have any kids. I don't have any big shit. And my mom started mm-hmm. my mom started talking about inflation at the grocery store. And I was like, Mom, you didn't raise me to be cheap like this. Don't do this. Not tonight. <laughs> you know, not tonight. Not when I just got here. You're you're gonna buy the gallon of milk. Yeah. Even if it even if it costs seventeen cents more than it did last week, you're not gonna it's not gonna keep you got the no frills potato chips now at the crib. Like Yeah, the, yeah, there's no lays. Yeah, there's no lays anymore. I come back and all the snacks are off brand in the black household. I don't fucking get it, man. It's crazy. <laughs> just statements of use on the packaging, just like potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> no Reynolds rap. It's like we we go down to the, the doesn't even say Kirkland on it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I had to I had to ask some questions, but yeah, my mom was at Costco today texting me. They were out of Chameleon Cold Brew at Costco. Shit is moving off the Damn, shelves bro. no matter what the price. It's it's even affecting you now, Chris. Finally, well, John, before we hopped on. Is it true that you were doing a little media training? Nah, hell no. Shit is natural. <laughs> <laughs> can't trust your sources man i don't know where you get that from i understand i your, your source did have your company name on her zoom but we'll leave it at that we'll leave it alone i don't know who to, no face no case <laughs> I don't know who to, <laughs> okay you got me there you for our listeners there. at home john is wearing a full nike baklava we have no idea <laughs> if it's him who who it could be i can't tell <laughs> Okay, so so this is all natural. So when you're like you've done a lot of press over the years, but is how is book press different than normal ghetto gastro press? We exist we existed in the abstract for so long and now the book kinda compresses the, the decade of work and ideology and mm-hmm. the vibration of what we're doing in the one place. So I think it makes it a little bit more digestible. But when you're doing press, it's like 
how do you say that in the sentence? Like, I, I just said a lot of words. Yeah, right. You, you did know, a really so, good job saying it, honestly, right there. That sentence. Uh, I'm glad we were recording on that. No, but I, I think I say this a lot. I think a book, you know, obviously, you know, cookbooks actually do make money. A lot of books don't. Um, mm. But it is like a solidifying like this thing is fucking real now. The same way I think when you have like a clothing brand or something and you open a store, even though that might not make you money, it feels real and it gives you something like concrete. And I think it's important to do that, especially with us not having a restaurant like people were so confused for so long. Like, so what is it you do? Is it a restaurant? Is it catering? Wait, no, you create these experiences around the world. For- How do I get me some ghetto gastro? And you're like, well, just start working for Nike and cut the check. You get a little ghetto <laughs> yeah, gastro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Precisely. You know, but, but now but now we're giving a game out to the people so they can, like, take these recipes. See the artwork, see the vibes, read a bunch of knowledge. And- okay, so how what's what's the breakdown like percentage wise? You think from like recipes versus like ideology and and, and your story? Shit, it's it's all equal. Like because like we have photography is art. Mm. You know, each recipe has the photography. We have like fine art paintings, visual paintings that correlate with some recipes too. And then also the intros to the recipes are like storytelling. So it's not just like here preheat the oven it's like all right we're breaking down the chopped beef sandwich and we're breaking down the black power waffle or cornbread and caviar like we're giving you the story behind the behind the food because i i think about cookbooks all the time and like a a long time ago i was like i'm I'm gonna write a cookbook one day and that'll that'll be how i solidify myself and i could do my bourdain shit after that or whatever but it always felt so daunting to just feel like, oh, just write 200 recipes off the dome and you're good. Got it. And I feel like we don't really have to do that anymore. It's it's all about like what's the culture, what's the story, and like you said, photos and art and like all that shit. So you can really just have a, you know a 300 page book with 40, 50 recipes in it, which is nice. Yeah, we can we, we got we got 75, 75. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, okay. We got it. You're you're rich with recipes. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> but back in the day, 75, 75 wouldn't be, wouldn't cut the mustard. You're like, bro, we need like 300 recipes or you're not really going to get it. You know, it's, it's, it's quiet. We wanted to do quality over quantity. You know, we wasn't just trying to come through with like ants on a log, peanut butter, celery, <laughs> recipe one, you know, not ants on a log. Here's how I make my, here's my garlic aioli. <laughs> You got garlic, you got mayonnaise, mix that shit. All right. Next recipe. All right, let's take lunch. Now, now is it, I'm sure it's been a conscious. I'm sure there's many uh, VC types that have thrown money at you or offered to, to open a restaurant. And because you're smart, you've decided not to take that headache on. And I just want to <laughs> congratulate you for that. Well, yeah, with us, like I think we wanted to really be able to take the show on the road, right? And when you want to do a, rest- a restaurant the right way, you need to be there. Like, it's intense. You need to be there. You're tethered to the business. Yeah, like, you're tethered. And for me, like, Rolling Stone vibes. Like, we had, we got to take this show on the road. We got to be able to hit Tokyo, hit Italy, hit London, you know, go to Mexico City mm-hmm. to soak up the knowledge from there. And we, we were able to take, like, our upbringing from the Bronx, take our travels. We call it do-rag diplomacy. You know, that's a chapter. <laughs> and infuse infuse that and, and merge those things together to create something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I mean, it seems a lot more fun. I'll tell you that. I mean, I you know, as someone who's never worked in a restaurant, the way you're doing it seems a little more fun than what I've seen and heard from my peers. Yeah, and all, all the best restaurant restaurant tours or chefs, you know, they're like those obsessive control freaks where it's like, I got to be here first person in first person to leave. And like, I get fat. My fucking family hates me. What are you drinking right now? Is that a protein shake? Yeah. 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 Gaines. That's all you got the shirt over. <laughs> first class trip to Gainesville. Huh? <laughs> he's, he's showing we, you. We ain't talking Florida. No, bro. he's showing you his best side. Like he knows what he's doing. He's got the camera <laughs> adjusted. And you know, I, I just, I want to point that out. Chris, Chris is more of the workout guy. I know, I know you're, you know, flipping monster truck tires and stuff like that too, probably, but I'm, I'm little, I, I don't really have a whole lot of gains, but I, I just left the gym and I'm having a little protein. That's why, but. How much? Normally, Chris is the one who's brawling. How much time are you spending in the Equinox in the Bronx, though? Oh, uh, man, I don't even know if we have an Equinox in the Bronx. We got <laughs> exports, and I use the park. Like, and during the pan, pan, panorama, I got a, um, 
I got a I got a weight bench and some like ironology. So it's just ironology crib, you know, ironology one on one. Just like okay, so you're on your jail shit. You're on your jail shit. It's up it's up north trips, up north trips. <laughs> like pull up but you said you were you're at the park, so you're like you're doing the bar boys shit, like yeah, yeah, we bar the the yeah, we definitely we definitely buying out the bar, man. <laughs> god damn it i i i think that new york i mean new york is obviously one of the most disgusting places in the world and that's what makes it so special ah, come on man the blasphemy yeah. no, i mean look dude i i've i live there you know i live in the east village it's disgusting i just the thought of working out in a park i just haven't gotten there yet but i do appreciate the kind of raw sensibility of just being able to walk outside and do it the same reason mm-hmm. like running appeals to me is i can just walk outside and do it puts hair on your chest putting your hands on that concrete dirty ass piss covered concrete mm-hmm. builds character it makes you a different kind of strong oh nah nah you gotta get the gloves you gotta get the supreme like <laughs> construction gloves man so that way, make no, that, that way when you when you take in a fit pick for the workout they know the drip is perpetual you know what I mean? <laughs> that is that is smart and if somebody wants you to move a dumpster or something real quick then also you're ready with those gloves Chris. <laughs> exactly whatever it takes that he means look when you when you're born ready you don't gotta get ready man. that's right i need to remember because i have two mm. pairs i have some ovo mechanics gloves as well as some supreme football receiver gloves so you channeling you channeling drizzy drake when you working out i don't know if that's the vibe i <laughs> Bro, first of all, <laughs> that not, might not be the best role model. But, he just but, has cool sculpting. That's both it. of y'all, just because he's had some work done to his abs doesn't mean I can't aspire to that. Okay. Now, <laughs> I don't think that I would, I don't think I would have liposuction to get abs, but I'm also not that famous. So I can't, you know what I mean? It's a different mindset. But when Drake wore the baseball gloves in the video, that did the Nike baseball gloves. That did send me somewhere. Like I really like that look, and I don't know why because I'm obviously a pussy and I work out indoors. But I just really felt the but vibe that's, of the gloves. I mean, who who started why. the baseball glove? I mean, that was like that was like in the '90s, right? Did Nelly have baseball gloves? I know he was a baseball sure. player. He did the band aid. I'm sure Nelly had that. I, I mean, I feel like I've seen Tupac in the baseball gloves. I feel like Diddy might have did that. I feel yeah. like that could have been a Diddy kind of vibe Cam as well. Maybe. Oh I'm, yeah, Diddy did the. Did he did a uh, he he had a video when they were on a baseball field? I remember. Oh yeah, I remember that. He had the LL Cool J sweatsuit, one leg rolled up situation. Ken Griffey's, I think. Mm-hmm. Baseball, baseball. It was an urban baseball aesthetic for a minute. Ken Griffey brought that urban baseball aesthetic. Oh yeah, yeah. there we go. Now is, is that? I don't know if that could ever return. I you know because baseball players now I noticed this they the shit is all baggy now. When I was growing up, those pants were tight. Now they're like they're wearing them oversized, <laughs> which seems like kind of bad for performance jay cruz fault our cousin might have started that i think gary sheffield was one of the first ones to rock the rock the baggy joint but you think gary and this is gary sheffield this is like <laughs> late 90s early aughts san diego he played for san diego i thought i thought gary sheffield was a a, a san diego yeah i thought that was his like he played for la for sure he was la yeah yeah new york yankees maybe he did play he's he, i think he played in milwaukee that was his first team. chris i think you're talking about a different person okay i mean i'm definitely wrong about sports i just for some reason that was stuck in my mind <laughs> because also the padres had a cool jersey famously had like a great logo you're, you're i think you're, you're thinking tony gwynn yeah, good. yeah or dave right. winfield urban baseball aesthetic is something you should do kind of of a deck on i feel like you could sell that somewhere yeah i mean gary sheffield he's probably just like hey, I'm, I'm not gonna wear skin tight fucking skims bro i'm a grown-ass man <laughs> yeah. it was not a calculated i don't want move. you to I, I don't i want to leave something to the imagination and he's like i'm knocking this shit out the park i don't gotta run around these bases expeditiously i'm gonna just cruise <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you're, you're also right. gary got ass too <laughs> yeah so <laughs> So if you have an if your home run percentage is that high, <laughs> that's where the power is coming from. That's where the power is coming from. The glute, it's all in the hips. That's what they teach you in the gym. It's the most powerful muscle in our body, and you know we don't we don't really as men we don't give it enough attention. I've been working on my bridges, man. All right, really one legged. Mm. Like what are we doing? Like I, I'll get I'll get I'll get weighted. I'll get weighted. You know, okay. I'll, I'll weight them. We'll do some one leg joints. You know, one one leg bridge, no weights though. Yeah, but are mm-hmm. you doing the bridge with the? Are you putting the? Are you putting the dumbbell on your like waist and going doing it like that? How are you weighting it? Bar, barbell, yeah, the barbell. Okay. Oh, you're doing the hot chick, the hot 
chick workout. So we're talking about the number one thoughty exercise in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah, doing yeah. the OnlyFans special over there. <laughs> okay, I, I got. Look, look. I understand. That. I get on gas shows only pans. You heard? <laughs> <laughs> Only fans. Oh, let's go. You got too much time on your hands. Shorty nonstick. Cast iron, man. Cast iron's very well seasoned over on this side. Okay. I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet today that said these guys are treating their sheets like cast iron pans. That made me. That made me That's fucked up. <laughs> Oh, that made me chuckle. So, so earlier, earlier you were mentioning um, buying out, you know, paying the check for the whole table back when you were younger. You were making a, a good amount of money at a at a pretty young age, right? Oh yeah, I was a trap lord, man. <laughs> I, 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 okay. I, I was trapping out the bando, mm-hmm. but we taking the skills that we learned from that trade, applying it to the new one, turning it negative to a positive, you know, mm-hmm. running it up. And and you've done a very good job doing that, and I. I, re- I just remember when you were a kid and you hear about drug dealers and you're like, that's bad. And now, and now you're like, let me call my dude for the shroom. Right? Like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Are they chocolates? I don't want to, they good. taste weird. I don't, wanna- <laughs> I don't know how much money there is in shrooms, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a very stinky pack. Um, the uh, loud pack. <laughs> it's, it's, it's loud in a bad way. It's, it's become too loud. But you, you you hear it a lot with like graffiti writers or like certain crimes where it's like I wasn't like doing I wasn't like beating women or like raping people. I was like selling a little drugs, doing a little graffiti, you know, whatever it is. And they sort of talk about their life of crime in the past life in like a fun, endearing way. Whereas back in the day, you'd be like, I'm not going to fucking snitch on myself saying I used to sell drugs or I used to do graffiti or like. It's a weird thing I've noticed in maybe like the last 10 years where people feel open to talk about crimes of their past. I think hip hop might have did, did that. I think probably because my stuff is public record because I got jammed up. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, what's going to happen now? Like, you know what I mean? So yeah. better to just like be able to use missteps and lessons I learned to just like inspire folks that might be in that life mm-hmm. or came out of that life to know like, yeah, it's a future. It's more to do with like you have tangible skills that you could use from that and whatever you want to do i no, i mean i think it is like i think that like the people that i know ha- that have been successful in the trade that we're speaking on are some of the best business people i have ever known <laughs> you, you know what i mean it's like it, it's like a whole different they're very bright they're very they're on it and i do think when you take I, I have a friend who got out and he reapplied and he's doing just as well as he was doing before you know because it's just like he took it and he applied it somewhere else, and it's working out. It's no big deal. If you if you like have the know how and the skills or whatever that you find yourself doing well in that, yeah, it's definitely applicable because you know the the stakes are way lower in any other business you're going to do. No, that's yeah, yeah that's yeah. so try try podcasting. It's really low. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could get canceled any day now. Um, but like, I feel like once you hit a certain level of success in drug dealing or whatever it might be. The, the problem sort of becomes like you have that down and then the real problem becomes like the money laundering or like, what are we going to do? Like, how am I really going to splash out and not get popped by the IRS? You know? Yeah. And and, 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 and I feel like that's a, probably a sliver of people to make it to that stage. Cause you see in the culture at least of, of like urban centers of America, like you ball out, you're going to get all of the material things and laundering is like a lot of people don't even make it to, to, to that point. But, even if you're just thinking about a pivot, it's like when you're used to that fast money, like you got to start from ground zero. So imagine you moving bricks. It's like whatever you start now, you're going back to Nick's, <laughs> you know, and, and you got to you got to build that up. So when you're used to getting that fast money. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot of things that probably applies to like people that were, 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 were stripping or dancing. It's like used to getting like just or even bartending. Mm-hmm. Like when you're used to getting fast money. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to think about your time, how you think about the time or like sowing the seeds and putting in the sweat equity on a new thing that builds it up to become something that's lucrative. What the fuck is 60 days net? Yo, you don't know how many <laughs> early on and still now, I don't run up in offices anymore, but when the text was late, or like, I, I would be in the office, I'll just 
run pop pop through like yo, what, what, what's <laughs> sir, with that? sir you can't go in there sir <laughs> <laughs> I'm like it was i was still that was still fresh off the i was still fresh off the porch you know what i mean so mm-hmm. <laughs> my excel skills were, were were great it was also it was just about collecting a late payment sure sure okay you know so okay the, you were so the ex, okay the excel some different methods pristine, some different like, methods i could build an invoice in indesign excel whatever you name it word <laughs> like I'm gonna get. We're gonna get that back. Okay. So you, so you okay. started with invoicing, and then that's how you learned the whole entire world of computer programming. Was just I can I can make an invoice in MS Paint. I can make an invoice on Facebook. Whatever you need. Facts. Big facts. That's impressive because that's because I mean I I look like a person who'd be very good at making invoices, especially especially since you went on video. Like who I don't know who I'm talking to now. It's like sorry, my computer my my Wi-Fi was slowing down a little bit. I've gone into um a new. I went um so I got LASIK and now I'm going into a more tough guy era of my book. <laughs> So I shave my head. I'm getting a little more brolic. My chest is filling out nicely. So I'm kind of going for Jason's like really nice and friendly, but one of us needs to be kind of the intimidating. You got to be, you know, kind of fire and ice. Yeah. Cause you're, cause you're, cause your picture is definitely giving the Drizzy Drake, um, comeback season mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't tell his, his face is cropped in the zoom photo, but right underneath it, he's in the wheelchair. Just like, just like Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you guys are really coming for Drake today. I, I guess I'll stand for it, but nah, we coming for you. We coming for you. <laughs> no, 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 it's you. You're bro. like a butternut <laughs> squash, Chris. You're very easy to roast. I'm sorry. <laughs> Earlier in the pod, also, John, you mentioned. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. You mentioned the chopped cheese, and I feel like the word the the chopped cheese has become. You know, speaking of gentrification, it's it's been boosted up into the world with you know you guys and 20 you know action bronson and eddie wong and all these people and then it was sort of you know it's it's gone up and it's like a tesla stock it's like it's cool and like oh no it's crazy like they fucked it up and now it's back like <laughs> i want to know like the 2022 state of the union for the chopped cheese where are we at right now are we hot we cold you're the authority you're the authority for me it's always a staple because it's like something mm-hmm. that I was introduced to very young and like at, like at the time when I was ordering them, so that was like a lifesaver. It was, it was chopped cheeses. It was pizza slices with beef patties with cheese and pepperoni. Like mm-hmm. that was a diet, you know, like of adolescence, you know, with a Italian ice or like a Coco Delicioso in the summer or whatever, Paragua. So for me, it's always a staple. The way we flipped it in our book, we did, we did a version that's plant based. All right, so what do we what do we use in then? Because you know this Ooh. this Beyond Meat doesn't work well with my stomach, so I was just wondering what what others. Also, what Beyond other... Meat, the you just see the CEO of Beyond Meat. Yo, got... the COO. What the <laughs> fuck? That's the new Papa John. And I got Beyond stock. I was sick. I'm like, I got Beyond stock. I'm like, damn. I looked at the Beyond. The Beyond stock went down a, a good amount yesterday. It went cause... down like a lot, like eight dollars maybe. Like eight. <laughs> that was. A big... I'm glad that you also checked the stock. That was a billion dollar nose bite. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's an. I guess since Mike go, Tyson, and, I guess you could go the Patagonia route to give away billions, or you could go back to nose. So you've you've made a plant bake. Walk me through this as a lifelong vegetarian and now pescatarian. I always thought the chopped cheese was kind of off the table for me. No pun intended. Well, we're definitely using one of those. Like you got a few like options. You could go. You could go, we don't do this in our book, but you could go lentils. Like you could do a, a, a substitute with lentils and carrots, mm. cook it down and kind of make it like a, like a, mm. we were using the beyond the, the impossibles mm. of the world. So, but yeah, yeah. Job with your that makes sense. You gotta, you gotta go another route. No, I'm a big, we talk about veggie burgers a lot on this podcast because, um, <laughs> I, I, I think the technology has actually hurt the veggie, bur- like I think veggie burgers when they were made of vegetables were much better tasting. They got too than tech. All of these got too tech with it. Too much innovation in like the space. Like with the meat, with the imitation meat. Yeah. Have like, you had a superiority burger? Oh, that's his, my his favorite bur- veggie burger. Was elite. That yeah. superiority burger. That's an, that's an example of a good veggie burger. Superiority. Back I lived down got the, all fucked up and stepped on. I lived down the street from Superior Burger, so I go <laughs> Superiority and um and uh, Houston's. Houston's the best, low key, all vegetables. I haven't had the Houston joint. Where, where are you at, John? Where are you at on seed oils? That's a big thing in the <laughs> fitness food world. 
You know about all this? Nah, put me on. Like black seed. Like I, I know my mom's is big on black seed oil, and we have black seed oil on the green for the money drink, which is like from black. Um, I want to say, is it black? I don't want to fuck up the seed. Black seed. What seed is it? Now you sound like now you sound like a VC guy. Like talking about seed rounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to fuck up the seed. Not today. Uh, well, yeah, I have a four fifteen with black seed. I got to take the jet over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about um I'm talking about like there's a sort of a movement moving away from oils that come from seeds, I guess, you know, like hydrogenated, you know, vegetable oils, corn oils, uh grapeseed oils, things like that where it's it's damaging and it's not healthy and and that's like a big reason why the the downfall of sort of our the world's, you know, human beings ah. are so unhealthy now because of that. Versus using like a high quality olive oil or a ghee or a butter or something like that. I know ghee is good. I, I wasn't up on a seed oil slander. Um, <laughs> I use grapeseed oil on my skin and we use grapeseed to fry. The thing with coconut oil is the smoking point. So you, it's, it's, yeah. you can't do everything in that. Um, and then just also the saturated fats. But And avocado oil is really expensive as well. I do. I like avocado oil a lot. Um, avocado oil is good. But yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't up. Like we don't use canola. I know they have a the grapeseed. They have a rapeseed oil that they use. Mm-hmm. I was like, thought it was a typo when I first saw it. I was like, yeah, what is this? Like, just a rebrand, just a rebrand. But it's, it's a rebrand of canola, right? It's like a canola rebrand, right? Yeah, it is canola oil. It is canola oil. Oh, so it's just a classic rebrand, like you said. That's interesting. I love when that happens. What's your take on a What's your take on a um, on a on the oils? You know, you have to, it really boils down to sort of like the food deserts and like the, the privilege of, of being able to afford, you know, like imported fine uh, olive oil from Tuscany and then have enough time to drizzle it over your heirloom tomatoes. Like not everyone has that luxury or that know-how to do that. So, you know, it's just another depressing part of the world where you can't really get any type of affordable food that doesn't really have that oil in it that you know has carcinogens and cancer causing ingredients and you know all all of all fast food is fried in the lowest quality oil it's just it's a bummer and there's there's not really a good way to a way around it it is a conundrum we're trying to we're trying to like do our best to patagonia the food game Mm -hmm. you know patagonia has their own food but we we have products too that ironically the patagonia foods are very expensive but yeah sorry go ahead (laughs) we're selling 20 dollar waffle mix but we're working on getting getting ingredients and getting them at a scale where we can make it accessible but still still very very high quality and tapping into ancestral ingredients from the motherland we mm-hmm. we call ourselves the mouth of the global south so like bringing forth <laughs> ingredients from asia africa south america they got they got the south all over the world is what you're saying exactly, so, you're, exactly. so you're saying i can cop the 20 dollar ghetto gastro uh waffle mix wherever waffle mixes are sold or is this a direct to consumer thing right now right now right now ghettogastro.com direct to consumer but we're going to have a big retail partner launching next year so stay tuned okay uh, key foods key foods stand up <laughs> how many how many waffles do you get out of a 20 dollars worth of of waffle mix though depends how big your waffles are you like that you like that answer great right? point that's a very good answer john that's a great very point. good answer i'm true to this i ain't new to this yeah <laughs> <laughs> this guy john he's he's got an answer for everything he has been media trained and i like it i want to talk about the syrup as well uh because jason was explaining to me before you came on that, that there's footage of you putting syrup on fish is that true where's this footage i think it was i, I don't know if it was on your instagram oh the spicy the spicy syrup. yes 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 so there's a branzino and there's a slow sorghum drizzle of syrup all over it and that was i was thinking that's just crazy so that's I, actually some user generated content that's a that's somebody that that cooked something that sent it to us okay but but yeah it's the spicy syrup so we got the we collaborated with fly by jane so you have the szechuan chili crisp mm-hmm. and then you have the maple apple cider and the sorghum so mm. the sorghum gives a grassiness and a bit of a savory flavor you got the maple so you're gonna have the sweetness and then you have the apple cider syrup what gives you a little bit of tartness so yeah it, it actually worked perfectly that that is a very good explanation i was just thinking syrup and i was like not not on the branzino but you were like you were thinking you were thinking mrs butterworth like on a on a branzino 
Yeah. Butterworth Branzino. Butterworth on the Branzino sounds wild. <laughs> it's got too much flavor. But I mean that makes perfect sense. I also didn't even know you could you could buy apple cider vinegar syrup. That sounds also amazing. Well, I, I misspoke. Apple cider syrup. Not just apple cider. Okay. Apple, apple cider. Yeah, not apple cider syrup. Okay. Cider. Okay. All good. I, I, I may have mislistened. That might be a little too much flavor for me if I'm keeping it 100. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I'm looking at your photo as you speak. I'm like, yeah, that's too much flavor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just gonna keep it real, you know. I think I like my Branzino, you know. I prefer it, you know, steamed. Actually, keep it really light <laughs> if I could, you know. Steamed and then, you know, maybe a little squeeze bottle of water on top. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, you hear you hear people talk about seasoning and flavor, just sort of like in air quotes. Like when you talk about food not having enough seasoning on it, what what do you think? Like the main thing that it's lacking is it is it the flavor that's being coaxed out of the ingredient or it's like a, a spice blend or something like that or were you just looking at an email you went over my head yeah i was looking at it like <laughs> talk to me again what do you say look that's my media training right there yeah well don't worry john i edit i edit the whole podcast so it's gonna have perfect timing don't worry <laughs> But I was talking about how well, people will comment on a food not having seasoning or or enough like flavor or whatever it is. Is is it just like not enough salt on it? Is it that version of seasoning, or is it something a little bit more overarching? Or is it like the essence of of a dish? Yeah, I think it. I think cultural background is a big is a big. Like how your palate is trained growing up and the flavors and the and the if that, that's why that's why I'm fucked up then. Okay, that makes sense. It, it depends. Oftentimes my preference is to have a lot of flavors. So like like just really complexity. So I want to get some umami, I want some spice, I want I, I just want to balance. You want the salt, fat, acid, heat. Exactly. Shout out to my girls to me. Full dynamic range. I want the lows and the highs in the middle. Yeah. Okay. So it's like like I, I just like a balance, but I could also appreciate just but I guess you're also getting that, right? When I'm thinking about a piece of toast with butter and anchovy, you're getting a lot of those things. Like you're getting those different. It's simple, but anchovy on the toast. You never had the anchovy butter toast at, at St. Julie Vert? Oh, you missing out, bro? No, I'm not a huge anchovy guy myself. Me either. Okay. Because I was introduced to anchovies by the cheap joints at the pizza shop, like in Spanish Harlem. Like yeah, so, yeah. so that, that that was like my intro to anchovy. But then I had. Uh, anchovy and i'm like oh this is ah. okay so you're so you're taking something as simple as toast with butter on it which i guess would be considered a pretty undynamic flavor but it's also delicious like what do you ever crave subtle flavors that aren't just knocking you over the head with the full umami blast like what's your boring girl swag yeah i think about just the subtleness of like an oil you know or even just certain like when i think about our syrup is like nuances in the chain. So I like use the syrup in my tea in the morning and it's just oh, wow. like a nuance. Like it's just a different type of sweetness, not the spicy syrup. I use, right, Cause right, we have right. a regular version too. So it's just a little note in the background that you don't even notice it, but it makes the overall product better. Exactly. But, but like our, our stuff is flavor forward. So like we got the cornbread and caviar and it's not like cornbread, crab salad, caviar. It's not like any, spices aren't going to knock you out of your feet but it's just like the layering like you have the sweetness of the cornbread mm -hmm. the citrus notes and the sweet notes from the a different type of sweetness from the crab meat right mm -hmm. and then you have the, the the savory the salinity coming in from the caviar so it's like you, we balance it with the layers we have a moniker we only layer flavor so i think the layering of flavor is important mm -hmm. salt at every step that's that wolf life and and the moniker ends up at wolf so <laughs> so out of all the other people in ghetto gastro you're are you the le the least chefin of the group you're more of like the face pr dishwasher i'm a dishwasher like so i handle i handle a lot of the creative i handle the business you know what i mean uh, yeah yeah and and, and that's that's kind of kind of my role it was also my idea like because i was outside of the kitchen i think sometimes you have to have a you got sometimes being a few steps away, like you could think about the innovation, right? So being able to like look at spaces I was going into and vibes, and I'm like, we we this we could up the level of, of food and culture in in, the, in this zone and create something different. Because when you're a chef working at a restaurant, you don't have a lot of time to think 
creatively. You're in the eye of the storm. Yeah, exactly. So, so I had that privilege, and then we we came we came we came through with something. But but yeah, my guys, less than P. Those are the culinary wizards. Those are the. But I could also cook okay. But I I, I compare it to like someone that's good at a pickup game at 24 Hour Fitness, and someone that's mm-hmm. like. Kobe or LeBron or Jordan, like you know, like yeah. that's 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 kind of like I could ball, like I could put something together because I have a good palate. But so if you go to Daniel Balud's house, it'll be like that's good. <laughs> palate, palate is vicious. Palate is vicious. <laughs> so it's safe to say that you're more of a front of house shorty. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talk about back of house, back back of house shorties all the time on the show. So it's nice to have a front of house person. <laughs> Look at the Freudian slip right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm more of a front of house shorty myself, um, but I also I have no interest in cooking. Like, can't even use. I, I don't. I, I don't understand the appeal. You know what I mean? I don't find. I don't get. He's the never med- touched a pan. I don't get the. I don't get the high from it that other people do. And Jason, being my closest friend and business partner, who's very good, I just would always, you know, defer to him. When there's somebody in your life that's so good at it it's hard to even be motivated to attempt it at 40 years old. Mm-hmm. It was like me with drawing. Like I, I was trying to draw like animated characters as a kid. And, and I just like, it was because my friends were older, but they were just so much better. I'm like, mm. I felt like I'd never get this. So I just started curating. I was like, all right, look, can you draw this? Can you do that? Can we like, like <laughs> just using other people's hands to, to, for the, to establish the vision. Like a creative director. Mm-hmm. You're not going to actually do any of the work, but you know the right yeah, person for have, the job. Yeah, we have a name for and that you're now. still going to take your little cut as well. Yeah, we have a name for that now. <laughs> Guy with a laptop. A <laughs> lot, of, lot of shade on the creative directors. Yeah, a lot of shade. No, they need, they need to be shaded, they all right? Need, yeah, they're making too much money, and they need to be taken down a peg. You know, that's our job. That's what we do. <laughs> they're, they're, they take all their money. They spend it on Rick. They don't do shit. But they just get the new MacBook that's black. Yeah. They think they're all cool and shit. I feel, I feel attacked right now. You brought the Rick and no. shit? <laughs> I feel like you took the shot. Because, you know, we rock the Rick to the day. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know not you. The, not the shoes. You got, you're Rick down to the dick, bro? I didn't know. I was like, ah. I, Rick to the dick. I didn't know. I didn't know you were a Rick guy. What are, are we wearing the sweats? Are we wearing the shoes? Is it everything? Um, I, the shoes? I don't really wear the shoes. I like Nikes. The shoes are a bridge too far. <laughs> The shoes Rick is wild for the shoes. Everything else we everything else is good. I actually think that no no guys, I think the shoes are a lot of people's entry point. Yeah. To be honest with you. Because you can stunt with the shoes. Like like it's a it's like you know this is Rick if you see these shoes. Yeah. I'm wearing a my my t shirt is Rick right now and I'm wearing a um okay. kind of taking me back to my skater days when I used to rock like the parachute, mm-hmm. big pants. So it's like a parachute mm-hmm. kind of windbreaker fabric pant. Okay, so you're, you're spending a little of this cookbook advance uh, at the. Oh, you you spend some time on the essence sale. I see you, bro. Don't say that because <laughs> the people at the Rick Flagship <laughs> store will get mad if they if they heard if they heard rumors of me buying online. Okay, yeah, of course. we did no, our no, first you're loyal. our first project in Paris with Rick Owens. We did a Thanksgiving. For peace, it was after the Bataclan attacks in Paris. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did a big Thanksgiving dinner just to kind of bring some joy for, for the people out there because some people had lost family, like yeah. And so we just just that's beautiful. Just about that. That project in Paris. So it goes way back with Rick and Michelle. This yeah, is, you yeah. ain't you ain't new to this, as you said. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I couldn't afford that shit before. No one. Let me shit. I mean. <laughs> Not many people can. Had to get in where we fit in. I understand. You and Playboy Cardi. I was in Nike Tech, man. I was in whatever's free, man. Whatever y'all say, whatever CD, whatever yeah. CD is getting dropped, man. I'm rocking that shit. All right. Well, that that brings us up to a couple recurring questions as we're kind of uh, approaching our landing on this episode, John. First of all, you probably get a lot of free shit all the time, and you have for a long time. What do you do with it? Is there a strategy? Do you have a room in your house for all the shit? Do you have an intern go sell it on the low on StockX? You give it away for charity. The the cousins get it. What's going on? The fam, the fam. If I can't wear it, um, like, a, but I don't get as much as you think as as much as you would think. You know, okay. Um, a lot of a lot of spices, like a lot of a lot of spice packs <laughs> will get sent. <laughs> um, you know. The Nike family definitely takes care of me, but mm-hmm. I rock my shit. I'm going into uniform mode right now, so I'm establishing like it's going to be black pants and gray tops. That's like the that's 
That's my Steve Jobs energy. For fall. We're going uniform mode, New York City fall. What is the where are these black pants and gray t shirts coming from? Is this a Rick uniform or are we branching out? The the pants will probably be a lot of Rick. I have some cool like Supreme and Junior Wantanabe pants that are like cool black time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably gonna be that. That's Rick Rick and those. And then some sweats, like my own sweats that I make with with the homies at Ecosystems. Oh, okay. So, Ecosystem sweats, you know, vintage, vintage gray wash on a t-shirt. So, oh, so we're making our we're making our own sweats now. Are these just for you, or are these available for purchase? I'm gonna do the trial run, and then we're gonna drop them to the masses. It's a tough thing to master. I know you're aware. You know, it's a tough thing to master. I, this this stuff is not easy, and you seem like a connoisseur. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you're really get, taking this seriously, seeing how the drape is landing. I prioritize coziness. Like cozy cottage is an important place to reside. So cozy okay. cottage. So you like to be you like to be comfortable in, unless it's black tie, and then you're you're gonna get you're taking it seriously. But on a day to day, if if it's black tie, I'm wearing a black t shirt and I'm tying a do rag on. <laughs> that's what I'm tying. Okay, okay, all right. That that's good to know. <laughs> Next time I get invited to a black tie event, I'm gonna kind of start to experiment with my look. Not the do rag, of course, that would be offensive, but maybe some of the other parts. I like that. I like that. You you mentioned going into uniform mode on your little Steve Jobs swag. Is there a reason, like, do you go into that mode when you're like, I have a project to work on, or is it just something that happens with the changing of the seasons? I think I just realized. Are you in album mode is what I'm asking. It's album mode, and it's just too much time <laughs> to think about the fit. Like, uh-huh. like I just, still, like, it's kind of, I'm almost there with a uniform, but I, I just wanted to just be premeditated where it's like, boom, mm-hmm. got a long sleeve gray shirt, got, got shirt, short sleeve gray shirt. You know, maybe we get creative with the outerwear, but mm. but otherwise it's just like we'll be wearing. I'm out the door. You know, it works for you. You know, it's tough to pull the trigger. There's so much fun, bright stuff out there catching your eye. You know, it's tough. He has a passion for flashing, so it's hard for him to get into the uniform. Yeah, I'm a real flashy guy. Nah, I dig it. I was in I was in Japan and I was looking at my man Kenji, and he had it was just like for me the perfect fit. He had on the shadow. Jordan ones, like the black and gray ones, which also work for my brand because I'm John Gray. Mm. A pair of black pants and a black Heather Gray t-shirt. And I'm just like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's not just all black. There's a little nuance to it. There's a little... Yeah, and I'll incorporate the Jordan 4s. Like, I'll switch up the footwear to be on grayscale, red, <laughs> black, gray, or white, whatever. But Grayscale, that's the name of the brand, I got to say, when you collab with Rick. Simple. Yeah, I like that you keep it. It's nice to give yourself a little bit of a range to play with, you know, because all black feels a little dramatic, in my opinion. You know what I mean? It feels like you're working on a set and you're not the star and you're a star. So you can't kind of be caught slipping like that, you know, I think that'd be bad. That would be bad for you and your brand. As a as a person whose last name is gray, do all the whips have to be gray? Is that just a thing for for staying on brand? For on the V Lone range, is it all gray? Which type of what type of whips are you talking about? You talking shades of gray whips? Or you I'm talking not talking about, about a whisk. <laughs> I'm talking about vehicles. I'm not talking about the KitchenAid. Now, do you have the <laughs> do you have the gray Range Rover in the Bronx? Oh, you, you said wrist wrist like watch or whip like a car. Whip whip car. like a car. Both whip like a car, but or car either. Any of your accessories. I like black cars. I like black cars, but I also like gray cars. Like. I was borrowing my friend's Audi, um, the RS6, and it was like this particular gray that they only made 50 of. Mm. It was like a perfect kind of elephant gray. Mm-hmm. Like, it just looked really good, kind of matted. Mm-hmm. That's a good... So I'll probably do the whips with the same. As 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 the collection grows, I'll probably go white to white to black. I you see. Know, gray mm-hmm. skin. I pulled up in the I pulled up in the Dumbo Audi looking crazy. <laughs> okay, that's that's good to know. Going dump that's the Dumbo, you're rowdy the Audi, you're... <laughs> Jump in, Dumbo. <laughs> Go in Dumbo and Dumbo. That is good. Um, last question. Whenever we have uh, rappers, musicians um, on the show, we talk about syncs. You know, have you heard of like what a music sync is, John? No, what's that? So that's like a, when you when they license one of your songs to be in like a commercial f- for something or like in a movie or something like that where like, oh, you know, this John Legend song is going to be in a American Express commercial. I know Vince, Vince Staples says he made his records like for that. Like he was like, I'm making albums and like these are going to be placed in movies or whatever. Like it's going to go. Yeah, that's because Vince, Vince Staples wants to make money. And that's smart. Run those royalties up. Run that pub yes, up. Run exactly. that pub up. You get it. Okay. So I feel like you guys get a lot of offers to 
do ghetto gastro cooking events with certain companies and brands. So usually when we ask that question to rappers or musicians, we like to ask, is there a story that either you got like a, a crazy wild check for, or it was a crazy wild check that you had to turn down for, you know, personal or political reasons? Nothing. I wouldn't say anything yet. I'm trying to think. How often do you say no, I guess, when they when they send through the request? We probably say no eight out of ten requests. Wow. That's a good average. And do you say no by saying no, or do you say no by sending through the quote that makes them <laughs> LOL and not reply? Well, the quote, the quote is also... It's a it's a very good filter. Yes, it is. <laughs> the the fee the fee is a good filter. Um, but yeah, it's just like we just say we can't. This opportunity is not the right one right now. Thank you for the consideration. What what makes? I'm not going to ask you to list off companies that you said no to. That would be crazy after your media training. But <laughs> what what does a brand what, or a company- what media what media training man? <laughs> Where this is at, your, though? You know, this is all natural, man. This is like this. No, they said your publicist was like, this is going to be a test because we, we put him through. He did his real shit, but now we're going to send him on how long gone and see how <laughs> fucked up it can get. That's what it's Yeah, said. you know, when you when you go by the Range Rover and they do the test drive on the little rocks and shit, that's <laughs> yeah, our, that's, our yeah, podcast. That's us. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> it's off-roading. See if you can go t- hit that shit sideways and you don't tip over. That's our shit. So what, what does a company or a brand have to bring to the table other than you think they're cool and they have a lot of money for you to say yes. Like what, what, what's, what gets the yes? Honestly, that's really the alignment is the most important thing. It's like, are we aligned mm-hmm. on value? So if like, if y'all just did something that's like inhumane and we know about it, we can't really rock with you. Like, you know, um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, so it's, it's just really alignment on, on all fours. Like, do you value the culture or are you just trying to extract? Because mm-hmm. we, we, we kind of know where we sit and what people on the outside might want to use us for, to leverage us for. So it's just, sure, of course. you know, understanding that if you can't be used, you're useless. But just making sure that mm. it's the right thing. It's mutually beneficial. Like, and it's helping us put forward what we put forward from a value standpoint. I don't think I've ever heard if you can't be used, you're useless. It's very good. All right, John. I hope you had a fun time chit-chatting with yeah, us. Yeah, John, thank you. We got to break bread one of these days, yeah? I was, John, I was realizing now that now that I'm looking at you is that I've met you before with friend of the show, uh, Josh Woods, on the street. Because Josh and I go way Joshua back. Joshua Woods, the photographer? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Him oh, and that's I- my brother. You know he shot, you know he shot the, um, the, the, he shot the book. He I did think the I scenic, saw you. you know? I, th- and I, I feel like I saw. Shola did the food. Where did you guys do the shoot for the book? We did it in New York. We did it. We did it most of it in the Bronx, and then we used some of Josh's photos that he shot, like in Dakar and Senegal. But we did mostly in the Bronx. So, small world, but yeah, great guy. Great, love his work. Um, I, I just put that together that's, that's as, we're, as we were talking. He's, he's very talented. But yeah, we'll break bread. You a real fashion boy? Yeah, that's right. He's a real fashion. He really guy. is. No, he really is. Yeah, his looks changed up over the years. I will say that. Um, <laughs> you remember. When he was rocking when he was on a on a black ivy vibe like yeah but i remember black i remember black ivy but things looking a little more expensive these the fabrics are a little nicer you know what i mean it's a little less (laughs) itchy if you know if you know what i mean um we'll we'll be in new york we're actually doing some shows at at bowery ballroom music hall of williamsburg so if you're in town we'll make sure to invite you come by let's link up and everybody listening man go run it up trickle them nickels and cop that black power kitchen Get those waffles on ghettogastro.com, you know, run it up with the gang. Mm-hmm. The book comes out in like a month, right? October 18th. October 18th. Uh, October 18th. We in the gang. Well, you can pre-order Sounds it, though, good. of course. You know, in the in the book business, yes, the sir. pre-order yes, is very important to success. So you guys can do that wherever books are sold. That's just it's like first week album sales. You know what I'm saying? This is his This is going to be the blueprint, too. Yeah, this I was about to say. This, I can feel it. For, this is important. All right, uh, John, thank you for joining us. Peace, y'all. Thank you for having me. Nobody gave a damn, no one gave a hand. That's the made man, made the band. Wave your hands, watch the watch. I'll think about the blaze the band. Elliot Nash, you know I'm here to say the land. Don't try to lie, say the liquor's what made you ramble. Go somewhere and be a maintenance man, a janitor. Love, don't blame me, blame your manager. Keep your hands up my pockets, nigga. Franchise like I play for the Rockets, nigga. Who shot 
Porsche, Biggie Small, two pockets, nigga. Ready to die, all eyes on the project, nigga. You smack I put something in your biceps, niggas. I can't help it, I'm a violent, nigga. All I hear is bad boy. You fucking with the violence, nigga. That's bad boy. You down one style, nigga. Here we go. Hopping out the G5 wagon. G-coded, Reese Bowling.